This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Okay, here we go. I feel like every one of these I do starts with a heavy sigh. Welcome into another post-game edition of the Maize and Brew podcast here on maizeandbrew.com. I am your host, your your managing editor, your team site producer, Anthony Broom. And this is one of those games, again, we'll lead it off. Michigan wins in triple overtime against Rutgers by a score of, uh, I forgot what the score even was, uh, 48-42. And throughout much of this game, and I tweeted this very early on in this game, it's just to tweet about the things I I was seeing, the things we've been seeing, is to basically just repeat ourselves from the last three or four weeks. So from that standpoint, I don't have a ton to say coming on here tonight. Now, there are some positives to talk about, and we will. Um, It's also very late. It's 1.30 in the morning. Thanks to, you know, a five-hour broadcast will do that. Press conferences that go till one o'clock in the morning will do that. But I needed some help today. So I enlisted the help of, uh, God, someone who works probably harder than I do around here lately, um, Stephen Ozentoski. So, Stephen, welcome in. Uh, thank you for sharing in, um, again, whatever that was. In whatever this is. The uh, misery that is what we're putting ourselves through here. <laughs> Happy <Yeah>. to be here. <laughs> I mean, listen, a win is a win is a win. I get that. And this team needed a win in the worst way. Um, like I said, if you're someone who 
hates Harbaugh, hates the staff, wants them out of here. I guess maybe you were rooting for a loss tonight, but again, for our sanity, um, and again, some people would argue that maybe even from a content standpoint, them losing tonight would have been better for us because it means we get to do the fire Harbaugh stuff. It means we get to do the here's who the candidates are type two. For our sanity, they had to win this game tonight. Whether it was 13 to 9, whether it was 99 to 98, they had to find a way to get it done. Uh, but man, oh man, when when has a win ever felt as much like a loss as, as tonight did? I mean, the nation was having fun in it, but I feel like Michigan fans, by and large, uh, really anyone who watched this game, kind of feels like a little bit of a, I won't say a loser, but five hours is five hours. I mean, did, did anyone other than sickos watch this game? I don't, I don't know. I, if I'm a common fan and I'm watching Michigan versus Rutgers at 1230 at night, however late this game went, I'm checking for, I'm checking in for a doctor's appointment the next day. Cause something's wrong with me if I don't have to watch that game. And I, choose well, it, to it lasted longer than four hours. So we definitely yeah. do need to seek some sort of help, but yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, where do we even start? Honestly, I, I have a cool stat to start with and it's okay, not cool. It. It's, it's sad. It, uh, so Hassan Haskins longest run of the day, 25 yards. That's the longest of any, running back. And I specifically looked up this stat after that run because something triggered in my brain where I'm like, wow, he's, he's still running. And I couldn't remember the last time a running back had a run of over 20 yards. When do you think the last time Michigan had a run of 20 yards or more? I had to be the opener, right? It is. It is in the past. <laughs> that's four games now. I mean, you, you had Michigan state, Longest was 19, so he got close. Also Haskins, but then nothing, one, like nothing even close in the other games to 20 yards. It's just insane. So that's, I mean, well, he, he established himself, 25 carries, 109 yards. They I mean, picked a guy. Great. They picked yeah. someone for a change. Yeah. Um, that's one of the positives. Uh, the other stat, I mean, we talked about how this is their first you know, long run explosive run so to speak since the opener this is the first lead they've held since the opener michigan yeah. hasn't led in a game at all the last three weeks so um again a win is a win you'll take it i mean we knew coming into this game that ruckers was improved at least from a um i don't know what they do i don't know what their identity is but they do execute it well and they come in and they play hard and, and they are you know, say what you will about Greg Schiano, they are competently coached now. And that's that's about, again, about what we saw on, on Saturday night. Uh, but again, it's just, well, let's, let's get to the other stuff later. Like, let's, there are people that are tuning into the show. It's a win. We haven't done a post-game win podcast since Minnesota. So um, people are coming here looking for a bit of serotonin. So let's, let's start with the positives. Sure. What was... I mean, it's Cade McNamara, right? What were you most yeah. uh, most impressed with what you saw from him tonight? Well, I and I don't want to like kind of move it towards a negative, but um, at least the staff appeared more comfortable with an offense that resembled closer to what we saw in the season opener, where we saw some actual RPOs. I think the first play for McNamara was an RPO, and I have been struggling in the analysis to find things that were 
clear RPOs with Joe Milton. So um, the offense just came alive a bit under Cade McNamara, and that's what you like to see. I think the running game uh, opened up as a result of some of those nice passes that McNamara was having. I think an issue with the run game, we, we – you know, I think a lot of people have complained about the running back rotation, and I think that's warranted. It's hard when you get behind the sticks. And there was a play in my game notes where I just had, I, I usually put like yes or no if I'm going to review it later. And I have like a three or four yard check down pass from Cade McNamara where I put in all caps like, yes, check down. <laughs> and that's just not something that I feel like Joe Milton really did. He didn't come off of his main read down to the check down where there were opportunities for that. So, he made things on offense look easy for an offense that hasn't looked like that for a couple of weeks. And that's a win. Like that's, yeah. that's how things are supposed to look. And um, you know, he, he, he took care of the ball. There were no instances of him putting the ball in danger and um, he, he just made it a more efficient unit overall. Now I think the offensive line helped him out a lot with that, with the run game, but it's all connected, right? The, the passing game will open up the run game and it at least looked like an offense that was uh, forming an identity, which is something that has been lost um, for, yeah, for sure. as long as I can remember the past few weeks. So, yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about, again, it's simple stuff. It's, it's very, um, you know, it's very, the basic fundamental things about, playing the quarterback position and, and moving the football is that sometimes, you know, it, <laughs> you, you had an issue with the, the QB sneak stuff. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but you know, there are a lot of times in this game where, or a lot of times really this season in general, where Michigan makes it look so hard to just get one yard, yep. just one yard. Yep. And that's, that's incumbent upon the blocking up front, the play calling um, the guy who's getting the ball, just executing it. Uh, as it pertains to Cade McNamara, there, there's something to be said about just running the offense and doing what you're asked to do. Um, I thought they did a nice job getting him in rhythm. I don't think we've really, I mean, you've really been in the film more than I have uh, over the last month or so. It seemed, I don't really think we've seen much of this, the quick slants in the offense at all. Um, I think when that's, that's the easiest way. I mean, from my Madden playing brain, you're trying to get anyone, any, uh, quarterback into a rhythm it, it's come it comes with being decisive and quick with the football and I thought that that certainly helped them and again it's just like you said um, knowing what touch to put on the ball knowing and again we're not calling him Baker Mayfield we're not doing any like at the end of the day and I hate to say this because it here's another stat for you in the five games under Jim Harbaugh against Rutgers Michigan has only surrendered a total of coming into tonight only a total of 36 points Tonight, they gave up 42. Again, there were a couple overtimes, but still, it was 35 all going into the overtime period. So, again, this is an improved Rutgers team, but again, it's still not Rutgers. <laughs> yeah, not, not that improved. So, um, yeah, just, again, just really, I guess, impressed that they were able to go back. Here's the thing with Joe, and that's the, kind of the elephant in the room, is what happened with Joe Milton. And people say, well, what have they been seeing in practice all this time? I know it was a month ago. It feels like it was two years ago. Four weeks ago, Joe Milton came out and against a bad Minnesota defense, albeit, came out and ran, again, what we just talked about, ran the offense, took what the defense gave him. And, um, you know, it's still clear. I, I'll still say it. He's he's the higher upside guy 
in that quarterback room right now. And I think what this staff has been kind of leaning on is that, you know, he does, we don't really know what we are yet. We don't really know what he does well yet, but we feel like if he pops, he's really going to pop and be a superstar. And that just hasn't happened. Um, And again, at at a certain point, even up until I, I was still on board, even up until last week, but you come out, you throw two picks right off the bat again, I know he's doesn't have a ton of game experience, but it's his third year in the program five weeks into a season where again, I it's, it's almost December. So yeah, at this point you kind of are what you are. So yeah. again, that's, that's kind of put a bow on it. How I feel about the quarterback situation right now. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point you believe in a guy and with how much work Joe Milton is, it's like a good story on how hard he's worked to get to this point, but at a certain point you got to win games. And uh, I think the thing I'll be looking for most in the film analysis this week are opportunities for pre-snap reads um, because that's probably an area where Cade McNamara like would make things easier based off of that. Like he's just prepared for the alignments, the, uh, the fronts that Rutgers were giving him and Milton just wasn't able to do that. That's just like my hunch of why it looks so much easier, but um but yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't, he didn't need to be a world beater again. And, and I'm, I'm still like a little skeptical because it's not all on McNamara here. If the run game didn't get going, I know it was still what only it was under 150 yards total, which with two overtimes, it's still not great, but there was at least chunks. There were at least second and manageables. And we haven't seen that for Joe Milton the past couple games. Um, so like, I'm still, uh, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> I feel like I have to hold myself back still here because the past few games, I feel like Michigan was held under 50 yards total rushing. So even having close to 150 yards, that opens up a lot for your quarterback, regardless of whether his name is Joe Milton or Kate yeah. McNamara. So I think that that plays a huge role. And I mean, we won't learn next week, but I'm sure in a couple of weeks here, um, Kate Mac- McNamara is going to be expected to hold a heavier load than you know, I think he did really well today, but um, there's still a, a lot to dig in there. Yeah. And we talk about how, again, offense is kind of a symbiotic thing where every unit plays into the success of the other unit. Um, I, I don't some, at some point in the first half, Michigan ran the ball 15 times for 17 yards. So really it did take for Cade McNamara and the passing game to get cooking a little bit for them, for things to start opening up there. And then we saw, you know, Hassan Haskins kind of, do his thing. And I think that's kind of segueing into something I took as another positive is that I think it's pretty decisive who your best quarterback is right now. Um, it's obviously decisive who your best running back is right now. If you just go by a, go by the snaps tonight. Um, I think that at wide receiver, um, you know, Ronnie Bell's up there, but I think Cornelius Johnson might be your best wide out right now. Like we thought they had so many, you know, they've got what four or five running backs. They've got, five or six guys at wide receiver. I think the last few weeks, really what even going back to the Indiana game with the wide receivers, I think you've seen, you know, a a group of two or three guys at wide out that to me looks like you might have something there. Yeah. Yeah. I like Cornelius Johnson. Um, I think he will establish himself a little bit more as a downfield threat, just because you have to with kind of just how the roster shakes out. Uh, My favorite thing about wide outs, this game was uh, Chris Evans. 
I don't remember the last time he, he ran a slant it was fourth down. I think he, he picked up that slant pickup. Yep. And I mean, that was something out of high school. I remember his recruiting profile was, um, you know, truly all purpose guy who had some hands on him and, uh, he really displayed that. And if Michigan can split him out more and that opens up more snaps for, you know, I do think Haskins is at this point, your number one, but Corum has a great burst. He showed that on a couple of snaps today. I still think Charbonnet has a role that he can carve out. So to get Evans elsewhere involved, um, just adds to those weapons. I, it was strange. I didn't see AJ Henning that much. I know Roman Wilson had a couple, um, targets, nothing a whole lot I can remember, but, but uh, I love Ronnie Bellman. His blocking as well um, has been shaky the past few weeks from my analysis, but he picked it up today. There were some plays, especially towards the latter part of the game on a few screens that they ran where uh, he came up huge. So, so that's huge for, for an offense that, that needs those outside plays like that, where how many like screens the past couple of weeks have been blown up for a loss and you're in, you know, second and nine, second and 10, and it just doesn't help and it doesn't give any confidence for the staff to run those. But um, I feel like a lot of those plays were, were blocked well tonight and that, that helps set everything else up. So that's good to see. Uh, any other positives before we do have to do a quick read here and then we'll get into the, the negative stuff. So are we, sticking, else to... are we sticking to offense? Cause I have some defensive positives i'd like to hear some defensive positives so i thought reynolds <laughs> please find yeah. them somewhere for me <laughs> i thought reynolds outplayed hawkins and i don't think it was close like if hawkins is able to come back you know safety depth is always important but reynolds had a really good bracket coverage where he came over the top on a guy that daxon hill was covering um there were two plays that i marked down against uh, Pacheco running back for Rutgers that I really like um, on the edge where Reynolds really set the edge well, uh, fought off a stiff arm as well and a critical second down to bring up third and short. So uh, I he was decisive. Um, he wasn't like he didn't stick out in a bad way and he flashed on a couple of plays and that's exactly what you want to see out of uh, safety. And there's there were times that Daxon Hill struggled in this game. So having Reynolds you could argue outplay Daxon Hill. So coming off the bench and having that kind of performance um, and Shibley as well coming yeah. in for a hurt McGrone, both those guys um, I think stepped up uh, in, in really important ways. Any other positives on defense? I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Cut it off. All right. Well, before we get into some of the negatives on both sides of the wall, because there, there are some, I want to talk about our friends over at home field apparel again, right now, if you're watching us on Twitch, Rocking the uh, the old school Michigan crew neck. Uh, any of you guys that have been listening to our shows and podcasts know that uh, Home Field out of Indianapolis are our favorite uh, our favorite Hoosiers. Uh, they're probably number one on the Hoosier Power rankings. Uh, but they're uh, uh, you know a smaller business, a growing business. Uh, we've been in a partnership with them. They launched their Michigan line a couple weeks ago, and again. Like I said, I'm wearing the crew neck right now. I have t-shirts. It is, it is like being, it's the type of comfort and, and cuddling that you need after five hours of, of Brady Hoke esque era football. So again, right now uh, they are running their black Friday promotion, which starts, they're starting in a week early so they can start fulfilling some of these orders for you guys, get them in before the holidays, get them in the next couple of weeks or so. I uh, get 30% off their entire site uh, using their promo code home field, uh, home field magic. Uh, so that's homefieldapparel.com. Um, 
you know, we're big fans of Connor and, and the team and all the work they're doing over there. So uh, again, shout out to those guys. And uh, that's where we're at. I need to track down my UPS guy. I have, I think two or three, that exact shirt you're wearing right now, the sweatshirt. And then yep. there's two other that uh, were supposed to show up today. And I don't blame home field. I blame UPS or UPS and uh, USPS are under a lot of stress. That's moment, true. So that's um, true. I just want to be, I, I just need the comfort. I just need the comfort right now. You know? I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm so tired right now as we sit here and, and do this. I, I could fall asleep in this. It's that with comfortable. You. So this episode is sponsored by better help. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So let's talk about negatives. (laughs) Of which, again, I'm just going to let you start because... I have some things to say, but I want to hear uh, maybe a sounder, more analytical brain than mine go through it first. I mean, I, I, I hate <laughs> to drill down into like just a detail, but there are just little details where they just drive me crazy. That Can we start just... with this? Like this is a, regardless of what we saw on Saturday, nothing has changed from the last few weeks in that this is a poorly, co- I mean, I'll say it. It's a poorly coached football team that fails or I won't doesn't fail in every area, but makes even the, the most, the, the most finite details look like it's brain surgery or, or rocket science. It, yep. It's, it blows my mind. They make it so much harder on themselves than it needs to be. And I feel like what you're going to cite here soon is um, the short yardage QB runs. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that first. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was going to be the first one. And we saw it last week against Indiana fourth and goal from, from the inches. And I had people in my mentions saying like, Oh, like Michigan just doesn't, doesn't run under center anymore. Like Michigan just doesn't do that. That's just not part of their thing. Teams have, have trick plays. They have trick plays. Why can't a QB sneak be just like a changeup? Like just come out in shotgun audible to under center and then just plow through it's, it's not hard. I'm sure these guys are capable of doing it. And 
I haven't seen any reasonable explanation why it's not a good job. There was a play I remember watching on Twitter where a guy took the ball from under snap, a fullback just ran right into the back of him and he got like four yards on a QB sneak. And there's no excuse, no reason why that wouldn't work. And we saw against Indiana, there are multiple cases in this game where I saw it. It was like third and inches or fourth and inches. I'm like, this should be a no brainer. Like it should not even be a Especially, question. Especially, you know, with the quarterback that you had in at the time is six foot five or six, four, six, yeah. five, two fifty. You fall forward, man, fall forward. And if you really want to, if I, I, I just don't understand why you don't do that. And if you need, like, if you don't even have any confidence in your, you know, freshman center and your young interior offensive line, get Ben Mason to shove from behind. That's a legal play. I just, to have it third, it was third and goal and to not immediately go to, Oh, we got two plays here. Let's QB sneak under center to, to not do that. That's the first issue. The second issue is they snap it to the quarterback and he runs from shotgun. So it's not like an aversion to running with your quarterback or anything like that. It's like, we need him to take it in a shotgun and then do the same thing. That would be a shorter path if it were under center. So I just, it, it, it boggles the mind. It boggles I feel the like mind. the quarterback that they had, that they would have had to run that play out of the shotgun is not currently on the roster right now. He's, he's opted out. I feel like that's yeah. a, that's a Dylan McCaffrey thing. Um, yeah. I mean, really just the, uh, the insistence on early downs to run to the interior in general, I think was again, another big issue this week. Again, it opens up in the second half, of course, when you're able to have some success throwing the ball, but man, oh man, like it, it's, it seems like, and this could be totally uneducated of me to say, but it just seems like there is this, the word I keep using is hubris. There is this hubris about them that we've been working on this. We've seen it work in practice. We're just going to go out there and keep hammering away and eventually it's going to work. And it doesn't, it doesn't work. So Again, um, it's hard to, I don't know. I was going to say it's hard to complain about a game where you put up 35 points offensively, you know, in regulation. But again, you were down 17-0 in this game. And again, your quarterback, like they, they did the right thing. Because honestly, if Joe, if they stick with Joe Milton, and Joe Milton wasn't even playing that poorly, but you needed a spark. You needed something, you know, you needed something to come from somewhere. Yeah, and last, last week was... Sorry to cut you off. Last week no. was Joe Milton is not playing well enough. We need someone else in here. Yeah. Um, or like you could say Joe Milton was playing bad last week. In this week, it was we're just not getting anything with Joe Milton. Like it's just not working. Like it's not yeah. like he's playing necessarily poorly. We just need something different. We just need to try elsewhere. How do we feel about him getting the start? I think a lot of us felt this week that it was kind of going to be like again, against a Rutgers thing from a few years ago, John O'Corn. If John O'Corn comes into this game and can't get it done against Rutgers, then, yeah, we need to make a change. Were you cool with that, or would, do you think that uh, they got lucky that you know the game did, wasn't uh, – that Cade was able to lead them back? Yeah, it, it, was, it was tough because – what was it? Michigan's first drive – where they fumbled um, after what was looking like a nice drive. And then Cornelius Johnson uh, fumbled after a slant catch there. So that was a case where I was like, all right, the offense looked like 
it was moving, but I think it was again, the case where they had five straight possessions with no points. I mean, Michigan's offense, the past four games averages eight points in the first half. I don't care how elite your defense is. You're just not going to do anything with that. So I think going into the game, I'm okay with Joe Milton starting. It was a case where he needed to have an extremely short leash. I thought after the first possession where they, again, were down in Rutgers zone turnover, not his fault. It was a good place. Ball um, would have been close to the red zone. I would have given him another possession there, maybe two after like the two subsequent possessions that didn't generate any points. Then I'm switching in Cade McNamara. So I think it was just, it, it was late for me where it wasn't a, a case where I need to wait until Joe Milton does bad to get McNamara in there. I was in the position where if Milton's not getting it done, I'm going to put in Cade and see if he can get it done and then just roll with the hot hand. And it, it wasn't that it was still kind of like a, well, Milton has to play poorly enough to play McNamara. And that seemed like the the plan going into this game. I don't really agree with that, but yeah. um, I mean, credit to McNamara. I mean, Michigan was down 17, nothing. And um, you know, outside of the Giles Jackson uh, special teams touchdown, which was huge. The uh, you know, it was Kate McNamara who came back and I think he outscored Rutgers like 42 to 28 himself compared to when Milton was yeah, in. It was so. Prior to that last drive, uh, Michigan had outscored Rutgers 35-10 before Rutgers yeah. drove down the field and tied the game. So, again, offense did its part um, for when was that switch made? Maybe halfway through the second quarter, early in the second quarter. I, it must, I think it was late. It was pretty late, uh, probably yeah. about halfway through. Uh, and again, I, I said that Milton wasn't playing that bad, but I think he was like one for his last eight or something like that. So uh, it was definitely time again. It felt like it was a little bit too late. I felt like they were really kind of playing with fire, like seeing how far can we get down to Rutgers before we feel like um, we have to make a change here. And again, um, I don't know. I think that's kind of any other negatives about the offense. I feel like we've pretty, we've plowed through there. I think pretty, pretty thoroughly so far. Yeah. I, I don't think on offense. No. All right. Well, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, Don Brown should not be allowed to come home from Jersey. I don't know how far Cape Cod is from there, but uh, I'd be leaving him on the tarmac tonight. I mean, what for the fourth week in a row, whatever it is, I ask what the hell was that? It's, it's insane how many quarterbacks have just career days. <laughs> I'm old Michigan. enough to remember where Don Brown defenses were knocking out quarterbacks and we were seeing the, the second stringers in, in almost every game. Oh yeah. It was especially against the, Rutgers. It was at I the think, point where it's I like, think, I think poor Archer Sitkowski is still somewhere at the 50 yard line at the big house. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was at the point where like, I feel like people had to get some knowledge on the second string quarterback because it was like something like three straight games that Michigan had taken out the starting quarterback just with the amount of pressure and just the amount of, I mean, Michigan had some elite defensive lines back in the day, <laughs> like two, like three years ago. Um, but yeah, that's not, that's not what's happening. I mean, he put up 381 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he had a pick, but that was just at the end of the game. He had overall, yeah. like this was a career day for Vidral without a close. Yeah. Has he ever come close to throwing 200 yards in his career? I'm not 
again, not as familiar yeah. with him as I probably should have been, but I'm not a Vidral guy, but who, <laughs> who, who is doing like any scouting on Vidral coming into this game? Like he just, it's insane because I mean, you go back to Penix is a good quarterback, so that's fine. Same I with mean, Penix, Penix balled out at Ohio he state. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, he's for real. So you tip yeah. your hat there, but yeah, again, but you look at Rocky Lombardi <laughs> where he's on the bench now that he had his career day. He will have like that game against Michigan for him was the Jalen Watts Jackson. He'll yeah. be remembered for nothing but that Michigan game. And, and Michigan's just made it a trend now to give guys just a career day. Yeah. And, uh, and, and again, I know the injuries, no Quiddy pay, no Aiden Hutchinson. I get it. Cameron Grown gets carted off the field. Who knows how long he's done. Um, Ambry Thomas opted out. Brad Hawkins gets injured, but it's like, to me, I, I know they've lost a lot, but it, it just, they just don't even, they don't even look prepared out there. I mean, they got a couple stops, but again, it's, it's Rutgers. What it, I'm, I, I have no idea what to expect out of the Penn state game next week, but um, Maryland looks explosive offensively. And obviously we know, we know what looms, you know, that last week of the year. So I'm just at this point, does, does it get any better? I mean, I, it's no, I, I don't see it, man. <laughs> like, this it is why doesn't. that's why I needed you today or else this would be 15 minutes or 20 minutes or a half hour of, what is this? Does it get, I'm asking questions to myself here. It's, it's, it's yeah. painful. Um, and there are no fixes for it this year. I, I think you just kind of, I mean, at this point, if you're going to be bad, I'd rather than be bad with the young guys out there playing. Um, I'd like to see, again, I don't know what's going on with guys like DJ Turner, Jalen Perry, Andre Selden. Um, Makari page got a little bit of run tonight uh, towards the end of the game. But like I said, um, you know, Chris Hinton is is coming on a little bit. Other than that, I mean, they there is no pass rush. Um, yeah, and I mean, what, regardless of if Aiden Hutchinson or Quiddy Pay are out for the next, I mean, we if they're out the rest of the year, they're not back next year. Whatever, where's this pass rush coming from next year? I don't see I don't see those guys waiting in the wings either. I mean, as of a couple of years ago, you're going through this where this is a unit that can go eight or nine deep, you know, up front along the defensive line. And you go, okay, that guy's not playing a ton, but you know, he's going to start next year. I don't, I have no idea. Yeah. No idea. The scary thing is you're right. There is like no real guys in the wings where you're like, Oh, he just needs to bulk up. He just needs this. Everyone is pretty much who they are outside of like, we haven't really seen Mozzie Smith, which at this point is a little alarming. And yeah. I am high on Welshoff, but like, I don't know if he'll ever be like a true defensive tackle. Like he struggled against a Wisconsin team that lost to Northwestern today. Granted, Northwestern was somewhat impressive. Um, but like, again, like, like you said, there's no one that's like waiting in the wings to emerge and you're losing like some veterans that you have as kind of just like your your safety net and Kemp and, and Jeter. I mean, I assume they'll be gone. Technically they could probably stay and they might have to, because of just how the roster's looking. But um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a bleak position because even at the defensive end spot, you're lo losing to what probably could have been all Americans on a better team. Um, and 
I think Upshaw might be able to get there. Villain is, you know, still just not really there. There's again, everything I'm saying, I feel like I'm just like moving my, like, I feel like a bobblehead. Cause I'm just like, well, I don't know. <laughs> like there's, I'm waffling. There's no yeah. like, yeah, he's going to be something. It's like they might become serviceable. And that's a really scary spot when you want to be competing for anything other than what, where's Michigan third to last in the big 10. Yeah. Yeah. And we know that college football isn't like you can get away with being just average defensively in college football. If your offense is lights out, but Michigan's offense is not that. And quite frankly, they're, they're still pretty far away from that regardless of what we saw tonight in two and a half quarters of football. So again, I don't know what the fix is there. I know that um, if this staff or, you know, if Jim Harbaugh's still around and they're able to hold on to this recruiting class that they have coming in for next year, I think a lot of those guys are going to play early. At least yeah. it looks that way. Um, again, I think overall thoughts as we kind of wind down here again, I come out of this game, like there's, there's nothing to me. There's nothing new to take away from it. Other than the positives we talked about, at least, at least they might be watchable now with the Cade McNamara stuff, seeing how those guys develop on that side of the ball. But um, I don't feel any different about this team that I did last week, the week before that, in terms of the outlook moving forward, if, if in terms of what needs to happen with this staff, if Jim Harbaugh should still be around again, I'll, I'll say it. I'm of the opinion that he should not be coaching this team after this year. And it's probably might be a natural time for everyone to kind of, you know, move on and say goodbye. Um, Again, can they do anything to make – I don't know if they can really do it. Sands beating Ohio State, which them looking like they have throughout most of this year and then pulling that out of their rear end, I don't even know if – I mean, it would be great to have – but again, what what it was, was – what what happened in the weeks that preceded it? That uh, it's, it's past 2 o'clock. My brain is totally fried. It, it um, would almost make people more upset if Michigan somehow pulled that game out against Ohio State in this year where yeah. everything is dead, there's nothing on the line, and Michigan just pulls a rabbit out of their butt and, and does that. Like there's – it would almost be a meltdown yeah. <laughs> in, like, in like crying of relief and also just like, wow, do it when it matters. So yeah, like I mean, it would be – you would see both sides. Listen, I mean, Ohio State – is not going to sleepwalk in that game. No. It feels like they've sleptwalk through their last couple games. And and Justin Fields played the worst game he'll probably play at any level of football on Saturday. And Ohio State still won. It was closer, close at the end, but still beat Indiana somewhat handily. So mm-hmm. again, um, just oh. the the pact with Lucifer that Ohio State has is is just so draining on me. I have a random note that I found that I have to share. Michigan ran play action with 27 seconds left in this game with two timeouts remaining when they had first and 10 on their own 30 something yard line. And this is at the end of the game. Yep. I know. Oh, gross. And like God. what, like in what world? And I had someone in my mentions trying to say, well, maybe they thought Michigan was going to run out the clock. Like the safeties are going to be flying up at a play action with 27 seconds in the fourth quarter in a tied game. And that's like that perfectly summed up. I wrote like a half paragraph in my notes after that play where it's like, this is just a perfect encapsulation of why it just isn't working because in what world is that 
an appropriate thing you do in that situation. No one in their right mind would call that. And that like that bleeds everywhere and into any other coaching decision. If someone is capable of doing that or not having a QB sneak package, how can I trust them to make the correct coaching hires, the correct player personnel, the correct recruiting choices. And it's just, it's just lost. It's I've just said it, the, it's, the trust is lost. If this was 2015 or one, you know, one of the first years where everyone's still figuring it out, you can kind of, you can talk yourself into that a little bit more. Again, I feel like a broken record saying this it's year six. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of the football that's being played right now looks worse than what the tail end of the Brady hoax stuff was. It really does. I mean, tonight, tonight was a game ripped right out of the 2013, 2014 season. It really was. Um, and I don't know how you, I honestly don't know how you get that back. So I don't know, man. Um, it's a win's a win. It's good that you did. You did just about everything you could to be the butt of the jokes tonight, but at least you got the win. So yeah. hats off to that, but sure. I don't feel, I don't feel any, anything other than, um, shame for what we just watched. Um, it feels I, gross. It's it's yeah. Honestly, I showered before the game. I might shower before I go to bed here. It's it's not a good feeling. Um, especially like we knew a step back was coming this year, but this is the the three games before this week. They weren't competitive outside of Michigan State, which was again that game was closer at the end than than the score indicates as well. Um, and then Rutgers, Rutgers, Rutgers. What else is there to be said about that? It's just, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's another game where it's a first time coach. I mean, he's coached Rutgers before, so don't get, don't yeah. get that mixed up, but it's a new coach coming into a team in a COVID year with really a roster that he hobbled together with a lot of grad transfers and, you go back to Michigan state, same thing there with Mel Tucker, first guy in a year, in just like a year was, that has no spring, no fall camp. I was about to make a really stupid joke. I was going to say, would anyone, uh, would anyone on Rutgers start for Michigan? And I was like, Oh wait, I thought of a couple guys, uh, Michael yeah. Dwumfor and Drew Singleton. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Dwumfor flashed. Yeah. And he it, played it really was, well. It made me so sad. <laughs> that was like, I mean, we could have a whole different podcast about like he, Dwayne Ford chose to play for Rutgers. Yeah. And he probably could have done pretty well at Michigan. And Dylan McCaffrey starting. Dylan McCaffrey chose not to play for Michigan and play nowhere else. And what does that what does that tell you about those sometimes guys? I, sometimes I wonder too, like was the like, this is hindsight now, and we all know what the saying is about that, but you know, on a lot of for a lot of these other teams, Rondale Moore, Rashad Bateman, obviously all the Ohio State guys. These guys opted back in um, when it became clear the season was coming back. And Michigan's guys were just like, nope, we're out. Deuces. Yeah. Um, so maybe, again, we've been hearing about how apparently these are these are some of the, the best practices in the history of the game that have been going on. But maybe those guys were seeing it and going, you know what? I don't know how much I can help this team. So I don't yeah. know. It's just a negative. I, I'm trying not to be negative after a win, but – um, again, you said it, you put it best. It feels gross. So do yeah. you have any final thoughts about it or what, 
Next week, uh, can we just get this out of the way? Have it be a noon game? Oh, please. Can we have it be like a 5 a.m. game? And then I wake yeah. up and I only have like 30 minutes to suffer yeah. through. <laughs> or how about I wake up and it's over and I missed it? Oh, that would be there, ideal. There's an idea. Um, um, fi- final thoughts? I don't think so. I had a fleeting thought, but uh, it it missed the uprights kind of like the three field goals we attempted today. So. <laughs> the irony of, uh, was it Nordine as he's running off the field after the missed field goal yelled at someone do your job and then yeah. missed what two more and the one in overtime. So um, I think that, let me say this, the missed field goal in overtime was probably the darkest place I've ever gone to in terms of like, Oh my God, like in terms of pure Michigan football embarrassment, because that's, you missed the field goal in that first overtime. You're like, holy, like it's over. Like it's yeah. done. But um, whatever the other kicker's name for Rutgers, Guglielmento, Versaccio, I don't know, something Italian, <laughs> um, missed his and the game was extended. So I don't have any more thoughts. So I suppose I could wrap this up now. Where can the people find you on the social, Steven? You can find me at Steven Toski. That's really the only one I'm at. I should get an Instagram at some point. I do, but I don't use it. So well, Twitter's Twitter ba- at Steven Toski. Twitter's basically Instagram now with the fleets, whatever you call it. So yeah, that's true. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T broom. Uh, follow the website at maze and brew. We're on all the socials. Uh, we're on all the, everywhere you get your shows, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Thanks to Steven for joining me tonight. Michigan wins 48-42, a triple overtime thriller in Piscataway. Michigan moves to 2 and 3 on the year. We'll take on 2 and or 0 oh and 5 uh, Penn State next weekend in Ann Arbor. So should be a real uh, real real barn burner there. So uh, for Steven, I'm Anthony. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time.